0: to call out one million of men ages 20 to 60 on the 1st of February. They're going to go for three months to take the prisoners out of Richmond. Mary, I would like to see you here now, please, and let me know when you intend coming to see me so that I can meet you at the station.
1: February 18th, 1864. Dear husband, this evening I seat myself with tearful eyes and aching heart to tell you about the death of our little Luella. She died on Monday morning between two and three o'clock. She had diphtheria. We done everything for her that we could, but nothing seemed to help her.
0: Loving wife, I feel so far from you at this time of sadness. Tell me when next you write. Did you bury sweet Luella in her little shoes? But Mary, don't weep. Our beloved is happy with angels in heaven and is free from sorrow and pain. It is miserable here today. It turned in wet in the afternoon and very hard in the evening, and then it rained April all night. April 10th. One squad of I seat myself this morning to, to speak to
1: you through the silent voice of the pen. You said you would get off when your nine months was up. You were drafted for only nine months. Philip, the time is up now. Oh, how glad I would be if I knew that you could come home. I don't see how people can live. Times are very hard. Things are getting dearer every day. Dear husband, it is so long to stay without you. I need you. I do not understand why you do not come home when your time is up. Once more, it was over one month since I heard from you. I guess you had forgot you had a wife that cares for you. What is the matter with you? You think I don't write to you, but that is not the case. If you but knew how much trouble you give me by not writing, you would write oftener than you do. I did not know what to do or what to think. Last night, I dreamed about you all night. Oh, I have dreamed so much about you coming home and could see you so plain and talk to you. But in the morning when I wake up, it is all over. I have been looking for you all week. You talked just like you did not care if you come home or not. What is the reason? I cannot tell. Soldier, come home. Quit, Mary Pringle.
0: July 1st, Washington, D.C. Dear wife, I'm happy to inform you that I'm on my way home. I have my papers and my transportation and I'm going to start this evening. I will be there in good time. Mary, do not worry. I know I've been absent for a long time, but now I'll be your constant companion, shielding you and Sadie as best I can from the storms of life. No more, but remain yours as ever. Philip W. Pringle
2: Welcome to this episode of the Little Beaver Historical Society podcast. Our mission is to celebrate, promote, and preserve the culture and history of all of Beaver County, Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Kevin Farkas. I'm the executive director of the Social Voice Podcast Network. We produce this podcast as well as many other podcasts with local historical societies and museums throughout Western Pennsylvania. We are here with Dave Hollowico, who is a volunteer at the museum. Welcome, Dave. Hey, you have something very special coming up.
3: Yes, we do. Next Friday, May 12th, we are doing the Civil War drama Soldier Come Home. It's a very interesting show written by a gentleman named Frank W. Wicks, who has 60 years in the theater business. But this is sort of different for him. He's a producer, director, but this was a thing that was close to his heart. This show is based on Civil War letters from his great-grandparents. His father found them in the family home over towards Altoona, was going through them and transcribing them, and because Frank is in the theater industry, he thought this would make a great show, which it does. It's a very interesting show for the fact that The actors and the people that are seeing the show are dealing with real life. These aren't made-up characters. These people existed. What they wrote was real life, the emotions, the terror, the longing for home, and the missing of people. Many of these soldiers left home. It was the first time that they've ever left their county, maybe their own town. Some of them never even left their farm. I mean, these were farmers. And when it started, it was an adventure. By the end, it wasn't an adventure anymore.
2: This play is based on the Civil War letters of Mary Luke Pringle and her husband, Philip Pringle, and other family members from this area. That's
3: right. The author was Frank W. Wicks. These were his great-grandparents. So, I mean, it relates so much to us because recently we had a member find letters, local letters from a family in Canelton, and he wrote a book about them. When I compared the letters to the letters that are in this script, you could interchange our letters for theirs. These people wrote the same things. They wrote about battles. They wrote about almost dying. They wrote about the horror of seeing body parts. They lived the same emotions. I mean, it was an emotional, you don't think about it because in this day of automatic, you know, our, our soldiers are overseas and you can see their faces and, and with, with uh, live broadcasts and stuff and on the computer. Back then, you wrote a letter, it might be three months, four months before the gentleman or, or whoever got it. Many times letters didn't arrive. So these people, They tried the best they could to communicate with with each other. But for many months, they didn't even know if their loved one was alive or dead.
2: I just did a podcast recently with a war correspondent who was in the Gulf War. And uh, his letters, his correspondence back to his editors took three days, and he told me that was actually the average of the Civil War correspondence. It took three days as well. (laughs) So letters did travel pretty slowly, and you're right. People would not know what happened to their loved ones when they received a letter.
3: Many times, too, and and matter of fact, there is a letter in the script that they talk about the mail being stolen. Because the soldiers got paid, they would send their money home. Knowing that, that a lot of the letters would contain cash, They would rob the trains, they would rob the stages, and and they would go through the mail. Well, you're probably making $20 a month, if that. $20 a month is a lot of money to your family at home. The money never made it home. So that was another problem with, you know, the the women were left at home with no way to make a living. There was a form of relief, but you had to sign up for it, and you had to have your, your commander, you know, approve it and everything. And again, that took time. So three, four, five, six months, no money. How do you live? And this show tries to show how they did
2: survive. So the play is produced in part by Little Beaver Historical Society and the...
3: The Lincoln Park Performing Arts Center. I'm a volunteer usher at Lincoln Park. And when I decided to do this show, and it's, it's a funny story because we had tried to fundraisers. You're always thinking of some different way to. And I thought, well, let's do. I, I've been involved in theater and history for a long time. So I'm thinking, let's do a show about history. So I started looking. And this, just pop, this was the first show that popped up in my Google search, of course. And I started reading it. And I'm thinking, this is perfect. I mean, it fits with us perfectly. It, it, it's Western Pennsylvania. It just fits perfectly. So I we were looking for a place to do it. We were thinking high schools. We were thinking, and I'm thinking, why shouldn't I go to the best place? I mean, Lincoln Park Performing Arts Center, state of the art. The theaters down there are as good as Broadway. So I approached uh, Justin Fortunato, who is the, the director down there and uh, the director of, of the Arts Center. And I asked him, I said, I'm looking for a place to do a show. I said, there's are a small theater. The Black Box Theater holds 175 seats. It's the perfect place to do my show. He didn't blink an eye. He said, it's what we've been looking for. He said, we've been lax on being involved with the community. We are the first private organization to do a show at Lincoln Park. We've broke some ground here. Um, they want to try to get more involved with the community. If you've never been to Lincoln Park, you don't have to go to Pittsburgh to see world-class entertainment. The place is beautiful. I mean, you're, you're paying half the price of a ticket of going to Pittsburgh and don't have to pay for parking. So they agreed to do it. Um, He read the script. He thought it was a great thing. So we're lucky. Um, We're lucky to have them in Beaver County. And we're lucky that they let us do this because history is one of those things you either get it or you don't. And a lot of people, they they don't want to come look at something. But if we show them the history through this show, it's a different atmosphere. The show brings to life history. And people want to be entertained, and, and they will be. This show will definitely entertain them. The, the playwright of the show, Frank W. Wicks, um, as in for most shows, you're doing a show, you invite the playwright. Most, most places doing a show do this. He never comes. I mean, never. In the history of all the shows I've been involved in, we've, you, know, you invite a playwright. So when I paid, paid the rights, and you pay the rights directly to him, it's one of those shows that he takes the rights. And just in passing in an email, I said, well, you know, if you'd like to come, here's our dates. Emails me back. Oh, yeah, I'll be there. I about fell over. <laughs> I mean, I've never, and I've been involved in theater, you know, off and on for a long time. I've never had a playwright agree to come to see a show, especially, I mean, this is Beaver County. This man's from, you know, he, he worked on Broadway. I, I'll give you a small sampling of his resume. He emails me his resume. I read it. The man was at Woodstock. <laughs> he was Ravi Shankar, the sitar, the Indian sitar player's manager. He flew into Woodstock with Ravi Shankar on the helicopter, was on stage helping Ravi Shankar set up. So I'm listening to this in in an email, this whole experience. He's telling me, yeah, you get the crowd. You couldn't see the end of it. And I'm thinking, how many people? I've never met anybody that was at at Woodstock, let alone on stage at Woodstock. So when Mr. Shankar taught George Harrison and the Beatles to play the sitar, Frank Wicks was there. So he knew George Harrison. Another interesting thing from Frank is that he graduated from the the American uh, Dramatic Arts Academy in New York City. Robert Redford was in his graduating class. He was friends with Robert Redford, had gone to his house. So, I mean, this is a very important person that you may not know his name, but in drama, dance, the man has set up theaters. You think of a theater and Frank was there. He's agreeing to come to Beaver County. He wants to come to Beaver County to see us do his show. He wants to tour the museum. He wants to see our county. He wants to talk to the kids at Lincoln Park. It's a rare opportunity for Lincoln Park, for Beaver County. I mean, a man of this caliber does not come very often and visit your little historical society. So we're very lucky Frank's coming. He seems to be a very nice gentleman. I've exchanged emails and Facebook posts for weeks with him.
2: And while he's here, he's going to talk to the the students at the school. Right.
3: um, We're setting something up. They're going to actually have some of the acting and uh, drama students at Lincoln Park. Frank said he's never really talked to kids, although he was a teacher. He did teach high school in his 50s. But he said, he's very excited about this. He's like, he he sent me a draft of, of things he wants to talk about. So it's gonna be pretty informal. He's gonna let the kids ask him questions. I mean, they're gonna get a you know a copy of his resume and what he's done. And Frank, and, and this is a good, this is a good fact that that Frank told me that everybody should learn. Whatever business, whatever you do, if somebody asks you to do something, even if you don't know how to do it, try it. Frank said that many times somebody asked him, Can you do this? And he would say, Oh yeah, sure. And then he would call a friend and say, How do I do this? But he didn't turn it down. So he got a re- he got a reputation of being able to do anything, and he did. I mean, he's been involved in dance, in theater, in opera. He's stage managed operas. He he actually directed a play in Russia. I mean, so the man has done just about anything, and and it's going to be good for the kids because he has done it. He's acted. He's directed. He's produced. And a lot of these kids at Lincoln Park. They get into it because they want to be actors, but not everybody makes it. So, I mean, he'll give them the idea that there are lots of jobs behind the scenes that make very good money and you're still involved in theater.
2: And the theater is such a small venue that those who come will have a chance to talk to him.
3: He will be there before the show. Um, Before the show, we will have actual Civil War artifacts in the atrium of the show. We will have reenactors, some of our local reenactors, in costume in the show. Uh, Jay Paisley will be selling his local book based on our letters from the Academy called The Huffman Letters. If you read the book, it pretty much mirrors the play. So Frank will definitely be there with us early. Brenda Applegate will actually be there in costume. She's the director of uh, the Vickery House and the Beaver County Research and Landmark Association. She will be there with a quilt that she made concerning the Underground Railroad. For years, there was a theory that people made quilts that had these directions for slaves to, so, to go north and stuff. And people bought it for years that this actually was true. It's been proven totally false.
2: And there are some activities right there with Lincoln Park, right? There's a cafe. Right. There's cafe.
3: that's There's there. cafe. The cafe will be open with donuts, cookies, coffee, uh, drinks. Um, Lincoln Park that night will be actually having, I think it's called Trail Mix, which is art in the park. Uh, it starts that night, and they will have artists in the park. And on Saturday, they are actually having bands and artists in the park. So it's a big weekend in, uh, for Lincoln Park, um, Friday and Saturday nights in the park, and us in the theater.
2: So the play is going to be... On May 12th. May 12th. At 7.30 to 8.30, about an hour. And so how can people get tickets?
3: Uh, tickets can be bought at uh, the Lincoln Park website at LincolnParksArts.org. And you will find a, a link to the ticket site for Soldier Come Home. Or you can call 724-576-4644, option two, during box office hours, which are like from nine to five.
2: There's a little cost for this.
3: Right. This is a fundraiser for the society. All the money we raise, all the money for tickets comes back to us. Lincoln Park is not charging us anything for the venue. So uh, the tickets are $20, which is the normal starting price of tickets at Lincoln Park. That's what they charge for their shows. There are some $15 seats. There is a mezzanine in the black box theater. There is no elevator to it, so you have to walk up steps. There are some seats on the side. They have sort of a blocked view. But you'll still be able to see the stage and hear the actors. They go for $15. You can also buy tickets by walk-up, too, if there's
2: anything left. we'll. So the price of this ticket really goes to a very worthy cause, Little Beaver Historical Society. Before we go, tell us a little bit about the society here. Well,
3: the society is composed of three museums. Uh, Grisberg Academy, built in 1802, which is the oldest standing public building in Beaver County.
2: This is where we're re- recording right now.
3: Right, we're recording right now. It also is the oldest building still in existence that was used as a train station. Um, After it was an academy, the the train company took it over and it was used from a train station from the 1870s clear up to about 1970. Ran passengers till about 36 and then they used it as a freight station. We also have the Red Brick Museum, which was the second Greersburg Academy. When they outgrew this building, they built the Red Brick Museum, which looks like a two-story red, large red schoolhouse. Um, it's a general museum of you know, different farming instruments and household goods. And we have a doctor's a new thing, a doctor's office and a general store, and just the way things were in the day, you know, before before now. Uh, beside it is our newest museum, the McCarl Museum. It is the our industrial Museum. We try to preserve all the industrial equipment we can. From closed companies and the histories of B and W and J and L and Armco, if it was a business in Beaver County, we probably have an artifact from it.
2: And the society's been around since 1962. That's right. It was formed in
3: 62 to preserve Greersburg Academy. This was their mission at first. They knew that the, the uh, eventually the trains would stop running because the, the the industry had died here, and there weren't weren't as many trains. So they came up with the idea to preserve the academy, and they contacted the uh, the railroad, and eventually. I think it was about 1972, they actually redeeded the Academy. At the time, the Academy looked like a train station. It had a bump-out ticket window and and different things. And they've sort of, through the years, taken all that off. And we've tried to take it back to the school
2: uh, of what it was when it wasn't built in 1802. So if those in our audience want to come and visit the museum, what days are you open?
3: This year, we're going to a new thing. We are going to be open... A weekend a month with a theme. In June, it'll be the annual Darlington Day celebration, which is the first weekend in in, uh, June. Uh, All of Darlington has, we have uh, craft fair, car show, parade, and the museums will all be open. In the month of July, we are having a military appreciation weekend. We have lots of military displays from Revolutionary War clear up to the the Gulf War. We're going to have reenactors, uh, local veterans organizations, and some crafters and things, and it'll be a, a weekend to celebrate the military. In August, we are doing Early Inhabitants Weekend, which is the first weekend of August. What it'll deal with, we were going we're going to have Native American storyteller. We have lots of new Native American artifacts dug in industry along the Ohio River. We will have. The mountain men will be camped in behind one of our museums. We'll have crafters, we're going to have a soap maker and a knife grinder and different things through the years. We hope to have some Native Americans to, to come to. We'll see, we're working on that. In September, we're having a fall festival. First weekend of September, your typical fall festival, the museums will be open, we'll have cider, we'll have apples, we'll have plants for sale and, and hopefully have some, some some great food.
2: Man, some great stuff all throughout the year here. At Little Beaver Historical Society, which is at 803 Plum Street in Darlington, Pennsylvania. And you're on Facebook, right?
3: That's right. Little Beaver Historical Society. I run the Facebook page, try to post as many historical pictures from the county as I can. Also answer questions. We do have lots of people that ask questions about different things. If I don't have the answer, I do have other contacts with other societies in the county, and we try to find an answer.
2: And like all nonprofit historical societies, you know these really these organizations that keep local history alive, you know you you, you just live off of donations and support from the public. So we encourage people to come support us through donations. Are they tax deductible?
3: Yes, they are. We are a registered nonprofit. They are tax deductible. We do take donations, and we take artifact donations also. We take loans if somebody has an artifact and they just want to loan to us. We will, you know, we'll gladly take something, and if somebody wants it back, they can have it. But if you have a, a Beaver County artifact, um, you can contact us, and we will. If we won't take it, we can
2: probably turn you on somebody in the county that will want it. Great. Hey, Dave, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Hey, listen out there, if you like what you heard. Please subscribe to the podcast or on iTunes. You can subscribe by email and give us a like on Facebook. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. I'm
0: Michael Blanchard. I play Philip W. Pringle. I think what's most intriguing about this show is the fact that it's real letters from the Civil War. It's still tough for me to try to figure out how they were actually feeling writing these letters when Lindley getting shot at while he's writing these. and What was going through his mind trying to deal with the letters he was writing to family and dealing with what was going on around him at the time he was writing those. My
4: name is Ian Patterson and I play Martin Pringle Jr. Soldier Come Home by Frank W. Wicks is such an interesting drama in that it is unique but it is from our own backyard. Pittsburgh is mentioned in one of the letters, everyone here is so close to home and they were real people. So everyone who comes to see this show will instantly have a connection to these characters and their lives but as the play goes on they will find all these new connections that unravel through these different writings that you get to hear from these different people. It's such a layered show because he wrote it originally as a gift for his father who was a Civil War buff, but then he had this new spark of inspiration to finish it after the tragedy of 9-11 occurred. So it's this beautifully layered piece with these different patches of patriotism and love and then the cost of all of those different things.
1: I'm Jen Ryan. I play Mary Luke Pringle. Uh, when I heard that um, Little Beaver Historical Society was going to be putting this on, I was um, I was excited. I really wanted to be a part of it. But also, I wasn't expecting to have a very big part. I knew there was only one female role, and I thought, well, this is about the Civil War, so I'm probably not going to do very much. And whenever I saw the script and I saw that, you know, I mean, this is really between mostly the husband and the wife. And Mary has a big role in this. And watching her grow from this very excited fiance to a wife and a mother who is now running a farm by herself. She's, you know, she has to find a way to make a living. She um, is at home getting all this news of people dying all around her and she has to grow up very quickly. And um, it actually is a, a very interesting role. She's an interesting person. I, I don't want to call her a character because she's, she's real. And, um, and her words, though she speaks a little bit differently than we do these days, and sometimes I trip over what I'm saying. Her words are so impactful, I think, to me. I think her emotions really come across very strongly. She was funny, but she was also intense. I really enjoy getting to read her letters. I'm
5: Zach Matrysek, and I play Dan Luke very enthused young man excited about all the adventure that awaits him during the civil war soldier come home is a very profound play in the sense that it is the story of the civil war but not really as you would find it in any history books it is the civil war as told from the perspective of a very real soldier and his very real wife and his life all the hardships that they went through the deaths of their loved ones the deaths of their friends It's a beautiful story about hardship and how humanity can get through it in beautiful ways. I'm Larry Spinnenweber, and I'm the director of Soldier Come Home. It's a very powerful piece because it is very real. We look back at history classes and rattle off battles and dates, but this was something that touched the men and women who lived through it. And these letters really show that personal experience that these people felt. Oliver Wendell Holmes, Jr., remembering the war in his later years, he said, we have shared the incommunicable experience of war. We have felt, we still feel the passion of life to its top. In our youths, our hearts were touched with fire and they were touched with the fire of that conflict and this play brings that personal story to life.